And now, prepare your ear holes for penetration as we bring you another great podcast from the Poop Culture Extended Universe. Warning, the following program features content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Bocephus Broadcast. Greetings, boys and girls, and welcome to episode 30 of the Bocephus Broadcast. Glad to be back with you in the basement for another week of shenanigans across the world wide web. I think I have finally gotten my day straight. Last episode, I told you that I'd be playing at Barney's in Quincy on Friday and heading to Nebraska on Saturday. Well, that's uh, actually this week. I am stupid. But I think my days are finally starting to get straightened out, but we'll we'll see. I don't want to put the cart before the horse there, but you know, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to the fall when we've got some downtime, but I wouldn't trade the whole busy schedule thing for anything. I love I love staying busy and I love that I get to spend my weekends playing music. So, better to do it now while I'm young than when I'm, you know, 50 and and can't do it anymore, but uh it's become a little more difficult since I'm not able to drink beer during gigs right now, but but I'm making it through. That's three gigs down without having a PBR or anything during, but I got to say the lack of beer is working or something is the whole 29 by 29 initiative. Uh, I, I think it's going to happen. I think we're going to think we're going to make it uh, successful as of uh, today, which is uh, Sunday, August 13th. I'm down uh, almost 10 pounds in about two and a half weeks. So I know a lot of that is water weight, but man, I feel super good. Like I said previously, it's it's because I'm not eating pizza and ice cream every night. That'll uh, that'll take a toll on you real quick. It's nice, though. My pants and my shirts are fitting better. And, uh, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It feels good to feel good, man. And uh, and I feel great. So for what it's worth, there's your update on the uh, 29 by 29 initiative. Other than that, I don't have a lot for you guys this week. Uh, I, I know it's been a week full of uh, shitty news what with the situation in Charlottesville and, you know, the talking nuclear war and stuff. And those of you that, that listen to the show regularly or or know me well enough know that I don't really care to talk politics. It's not my forte. It's it's not something that um, I'm interested in. But, but, you know, as I get older, I probably should be. I just, I don't know. I've, I've always had this, like, self-guilt. I always, like, guilt trip myself about not being more uh, interested or informed or involved in politics, but it's just, you know, it, it's not my thing. Plus, in this day and age, you can't really have an opinion on politics without pissing off. Every, you know, somebody else is going to disagree with you and tell you you're the worst person in the world. And uh, I'm not a fan of of uh, that situation. But anyway, this week, uh, we're going to revisit the spirit of episode two. Back when we talked with uh, Sean McAvoy and Ken Bowen, we're going to get a little political this week, but nothing too heavy. Uh, it's a pretty lighthearted political conversation. I got to say thank you to Kara Small uh, for making me aware of this story last week. And I, I struck while the iron was hot, or at least I thought I did, until I heard that uh, today's guest was was on Jimmy Kimmel. The night before, I was scheduled to talk to him. And I know that Jimmy Kimmel probably used his star power to pull today's guest in before I could, you know, get this episode released. Jimmy Kimmel, I was putting a wrench in my plans. Politics. Am I right? Suck it, Kimmel. Anyway, uh, Kara shared this story with me of a 16-year-old kid who was making a run for governor of Kansas. A 16-year-old kid, people. You know what I was doing at 16 years old? I was going out on, on Saturday nights and going trash can bowling with Lance Smith and Travis Onkin through the streets and alleys of Memphis, Missouri. Would that be a lesson to you? Take your garbage cans in Friday afternoon. But yeah, that's what I was doing at 16. This kid... 
is ready to govern the state of Kansas. He is is leagues more level-headed than I was at 16, let alone now at 28. But stuff like this always impresses me. It always interests me. So I knew I needed to reach out to him at least and try to get him on the show. Well, he agreed, thankfully. And uh, honestly, some of the conversations I've enjoyed the most so far are the ones with the, the young kids of the world who are doing interesting things or are at the center of virality. Is that a word? Like, I don't know. Kids, kids that are involved with viral fame. You know, Emmanuel Vasquez, Carter Wilkerson, and uh, now we had Jack Bergeson to the fold. So in just a minute, hang tight because uh, Jack Bergeson, the 16-year-old that's running for governor of Kansas, joins me. We're going to dive in and we'll play some Kansas trivia with Jack as well. Stay tuned. It's all up next here on the Bo Cephas Broadcast. The Bo Cephas Broadcast. Broadcast. Looking for the best threads on the internet? Look no further than Smirks.net. Tees, hoodies, tanks, and hats for men and women. Ron Jeremy, Turbo from Breakin' and Breakin' 2, Electric Boogaloo, Vigo the Carpathian, and more. Find it all at Smirks.net. Smirks.net. That's S-M-Y-R-X.net. Use the code PCEU for 15% off your order. Smirks.net. For the freshest and most dope shirts you'll find. Smirks.net. Now, back to the Bo Cephas Broadcast. My guest today is fresh off an appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live last night. He's recently found himself in the headlines as he prepares to run for governor of Kansas, which may not seem entirely out of the ordinary until you consider the fact that he's still in high school. Please welcome to the program, Jack Bergeson. Good to have you here, Jack. Nice to be here, Bo. You're uh, 16 years old, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I, I think at six, I don't think politics were anywhere near the forefront of my mind at 16, and, and pretty sure that they still aren't. So tell me what got you interested in politics. How long has this been an interest to you? I mean, really, since the first Obama campaign, you know, he inspired me. I don't really agree with a lot of his policies now, but at the time, he was very inspiring to me. And then again, in 2015, with the Bernie Sanders campaign, and I'm like, you know, he's saying a lot of things, and I'm like, you know, we need to we need, we need to get, we need to impact some change, and also seeing a lot of how younger voters, you know, feel disenfranchised. I'm like, this is a great way to get younger people interested in the political process. Yeah. So, uh, so the great thing about Kansas, and it's kind of working in your favor, is that there's no age restriction on running for governor. But I have to ask, why governor? Why not start out? Why not start out small with something like uh, like mayor? Um, actually, for mayor and state representative, there is a requirement that you be a qualified elector to run, which would disqualify me. So, actually, I, was, I would have loved to. I would actually prefer to have run for a smaller office, but it, the laws did not work in my favor in that case. <laughs> that's that's very interesting, don't you think? Yes, it actually shocked me, especially with the part of the legislature, because the city sets their own rules. But you would think the legislature, if there's no restrictions for the highest office, you would not expect there to be one for a legislature, but there is, so... Yeah, that's definitely crazy. So, do you have a do you have a platform you're running on? Are you affiliated with any party, or do you uh, are you an independent? What what's your what's your backstory here? Well, I just I mean, running as an independent is prohibit really prohibitive in Kansas because you have to have those. I think I believe a slightly higher ballot fee, and there's a requirement of also having 3,500 signatures. If you run with a major party, there's you can either do the signatures or pay the fee. So I decided to run as a Democrat in order to avoid having to canvass for signatures. 
Ah, so you've thought this through. Yep. <laughs> what are some of the uh, what are some of the major points of your campaign? Like, what what are you hoping to accomplish as governor of Kansas? If I were to get elected, um, I have a platform. It's fairly progressive, fairly liberal. I am a fan. I am supportive of legalized legalization of marijuana for medical purposes and I would look into legalizing it for recreational purposes. Um, I would be fairly interested in raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour and I would also try to at least have a temporary fix to the healthcare system. In Kansas, I, I would try to adopt the program that was attempted to be passed earlier this year in Nevada where essentially the state would run a program alongside Medicaid that would offer a, a, a very low rate on the Obamacare exchanges. Gotcha. So I, I know you said you're a proponent of legalizing marijuana, both recreational and medicinal, correct? I would I would push medicinal first, and I think recreational would come later at a later date. Do you, uh, do you have a slogan? I mean, I know it's early in the campaign, but have you come up with like a, like a whole strategy as far as like marketing yourself and your, your campaign? Well, I'm, you know, trying to get some date set up where I can travel the state and speak to voters. Um, I already have one date set up with, there's a Democratic Party forum in a, in a county not too far from where I live, and I plan on attending, and the other major Democratic candidates will be there. So, so that is why my first major appearance, and also, I'm just, you know, trying to get past coverage. That worked out, you know, very well in my favor. And just, sure. I am working on getting some materials prepped and, um, working on getting some advertisements written that I, I can hopefully fundraise and put them out later this year or early next year. So, I mean, that's that's not something that a 16-year-old kid would normally have the money to do. So are you creating a, um, you know, like a campaign crew? Like somebody, are you, you going to do like a Kickstarter to fund these things? How do you plan on uh, going about promoting yourself and your run for the governor's seat? Um, in order to raise the money for the ballot fee, I, you know, enlisted the help of a lot of family, family, friends, friends of them, you know, kind of this long chain of about 60 to 70 people. And I got, and I have, and I have the money saved up for the pay for the ballot fee. But ultimately I think once I get the fundraising problems, I think I'm currently figuring out how to use a certain program that will help me fundraise using our, that I can put it connected to our website. And that will be very convenient once that's set up. And I believe with that, I can properly market myself and with, noticed in democratic circles i think i could fundraise enough money to get things going excellent uh have you i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot you some ideas here now you can keep these you can shoot them down or you can just uh, we can just move on but uh, to introduce yourself to kansas voters have you considered a get to know you style marketing campaign centered around the phrase you don't know jack i've actually had that proposed to me at least the slogan has been proposed to me. And, you know, I, but I think with, when I start marketing, when I, you know, I should start with commercials and stuff like that, which will come probably much later into next year once I have the money properly raised. I think that um, I'm probably going to try to do mostly um, very policy-oriented ads, but I may do one or two, uh, something more like along those lines. Uh, have you thought about encouraging your voters to, quote, drop their vote for Jack in the box? I haven't heard that one before, but it, you know, it's a good idea. I'll, I'll consider that one. That's totally yours now. So the election takes place November 6, 2018. You're still over a year out. So so what are you doing with the time leading up to the race? I'm sure there's a lot of things involved, uh, especially for a 16-year-old kid, um, involved with preparing 
to run for a seat as high as the governor. So what are you doing to prepare in the time leading up to next year's election? Um, just for clarification, the first race they have to deal with is the primary on August 7th of next year. Uh-huh. That will decide who the, part, who the party candidates will be. So that's our that will that might be the end of our campaign. We'll see. But um, so that's about a, that's a less than a year out, actually. But, you know, still a long ways out. I'm just at this point, you're just trying to working on writing, getting on, you know, having a proper platform, you know, getting your name out there at this point. But, you know, hopefully I plan to go to quite a few of the counties here in Kansas and speak with the Democratic Party officials and voters and, you know, that sort of thing. Although that will be coming to probably closer to next year. But, you know, it's that sort of thing that will help me get me out there. Have you have you garnered any endorsements so far from anyone? Um, besides, you know, personal endorsements, from people saying I'm going, I plan on voting for you. I have not received any high-profile endorsements. Are you uh, are you throwing any ragers while the parents are out of town, using those as uh, fundraising and networking events? Wouldn't be a bad idea, but my parents barely <laughs> go out of town, so it's kind of hard there. You got to book them a vacation, man. Do you know who your opponents are um, as of right now? Obviously, there might be some more that file later, but do you know, uh, are, or are you currently up against anyone other than the incumbent? The incumbent, Sam Brownback, is likely leaving um, for the um, to go serve in the Trump administration. So I will likely there will likely be an incumbent in the Republican primary. Jeff Collier, the current lieutenant governor, would likely become governor in the next month or so as Brownback leaves office. So there's going to, there's so including me, there are four candidates on the Democratic side and there are five candidates on the Republican side. So what's your plan of attack if if your opponents start like a mudslinging campaign against you? Is there any dirt on you that we need to know about? And how do you plan to combat it if they come at you guns blazing? I don't know of any personal dirt or anything I've ever said that could be possibly used against <laughs> me as far as I'm concerned. But if something, something I don't remember is found, I think I will just come out and say, you know, that has no use in a campaign. You know, let's keep it to the issues. Let's keep it to what the voters really care about. You know, that's, that's where you could, you could return the fire, you know, with another round yeah. of the, you don't, you don't know Jack marketing campaign. You got to tuck yeah. that feather in your cap. You'd be ready to fire back at him. Yeah, I think if that ever does happen, that's probably the slogan I will use to attack them. That's right. That's right. You do have a running mate uh, for lieutenant governor. Tell us about your running mate. Um, we've known each other for a long time, but we've, we've only become really good friends since about the fresh, freshman year of high school. After we, after we both served as pages in um, Topeka for our, my state senator. And, and among people at our school, it's a fairly small school, but there's... You know, I mean, a lot of people are somewhat interested in politics. So two, two of us are, I have, have always been quite interested in politics since, you know, both of us can either remember. So I think it's, it works very well, even though his positions aren't necessarily what I believe, what I believe in necessarily. But we do agree that we need to get the younger generation involved in politics. And that's what we really do coalesce around. And that's what we, although I have written a platform, he doesn't agree with everything in the platform, but he has agreed to fight stand behind it and fight for it because we're doing the greater good of getting younger people involved in politics here in Kansas and across the country. So how do you combat some t- I mean, is there any, has there ever been any headbutting over policies between the two of you or do you usually come to a pretty fair compromise? We used to before we got really serious with this and not really talking about the campaign, just talking about, you know, what was happening in the country and stuff. But once we started the campaign, no, we've just pretty much agreed to say the 
just to, he doesn't really speak much on policy. You know, we've kind of agreed that he won't say too much on policy because I don't want to make him say stuff he doesn't believe, but he'll get up there and, you know, fight more on the general stance and on other issues, but then I will do more of the um, platform stumping. But no, we don't really have bad heads at all. We've, we know we're doing the greater good here and we, we don't let, you know, little quibbles get in the middle of that. Sure. What, uh, this is a very job interview type question. What makes you two the ideal candidates for governor and lieutenant governor, respectively? Well, um, you know, bringing fresh face to something that's never seen been seen before. You know, if you give the voters the option for something new, something that has never been done before, I think they might choose it. We don't know. This has really never been done, at least not in modern times. So if the choice is given, I think it's just an ultimate thing. You need to give the voters every possible choice there is. Give them as many choices as possible. And also, you know, I'm trying to get corporate and big money out of, out of the system. I'm not taking any donation over $500. And I am not taking donations from any corporation or organization that goes against my or his beliefs, um, you know, in order to, you know, we, we might take a, a union or union um, donation, but, you know, like I said, no donations over $500 from any one individual or organization. And if, you know, I will do a lot of research on any organization that tries to give me money to make sure, you know, they're not trying to do anything. I don't, that will, that they'll, they'll try to do anything. They'll try to make me do anything I don't want to do. Absolutely. So what, I mean, what would be the first thing that you two uh, seek to accomplish in office? Maybe like uh, day one or week one, what are your goals for that uh, initial start point? Well, I think probably one of my first actions, this would require any legislation. This could be, I think, an executive action is I would, I am, you know, like I said, pro marijuana legalization, especially for medical purposes. But I would probably release every nonviolent drug offender within my um, jurisdiction. That's a pretty tall order. You're you're up for that task? Yes, and that that is one of the things Obama did inspire me on is that because he did that towards the end of his second term, he started pardoning a lot of I think at least ten at like ten thousand nonviolent drug offenders. I could be wrong on the number, but I think you know I could. I'm sure there's quite a few, but I would that that was you know I would look at every case. You know, if it was fishy, I may not do it right away, but there's if there was some clear cases, I would get those out of the way, and then I think. Legalizing, um, um, raising the minimum wage would be my second, would be my second issue to tackle. Gotcha. What I mean, what are the current issues that you see from your perspective facing Kansas that you would look to uh, remedy? Well, another issue that's really a problem is the budget issue. You know, with Brownback, you know, he's kind of caused a big issue with the budget, and even even a lot of Republicans in the state have Republican officials have come out to say, you know, his budget's kind of been a disaster in the legislature um, overrode his veto on one of the big, um, big one of the big um, budget pieces so i think you know sadly i don't like to sound like a you know taxes and democrat but i think they will have to raise taxes especially on those making you know over two hundred thousand dollars a year so i think that that that's sadly one of the first things i'll have to do but hopefully i can give a marginal tax reduction for families making under sixty thousand dollars a year not bad so if you win uh, I, I assume you would move into the governor's mansion, even though as as a 16-year-old, you're not technically emancipated from your parents, correct? Well, I'd be 18 by the time of the inauguration. Aha, there you go. There's the the caveat, I guess. So will your yeah. uh, will Lieutenant Governor move in with you? Well, I would guess so. You know, we'd save, we'd save him money, but have to rent an apartment in Topeka. So, I mean, it's a pretty good <laughs> mansion from what I've, I've done a little looking at it. It looks fairly big on the inside. I'm sure there's more than one bedroom. We'd probably consider that. 
you guys don't think you'd get bunk beds and you know have late nights playing Halo co-op or whatever whatever the kids I mean, are playing these days? <laughs> oh, he, he, he would he would he does not like video games. But um, I know we probably just, <laughs> I'm sure we could we, we'd work something out. Of, he probably would end up moving in with me because I'm sure my parents would want to stay here in Wichita because they run a business, so they probably move up with me. So. Yeah, I was gonna say you uh, you are employed by your parents, correct? Yes, that, that is the case. So how long have you been working there? Well, as soon as I legally could when I was 14, because in Kansas you can work for family businesses when you're 14, although I wasn't working long hours at that point. I like how you tiptoe around that question there. I see what you're doing there. You're covering your butt. Yep. But (laughs) it was legal. It was all legal until I was legal. And then, um, but, you know, when when I turned 16, you know, this summer and past summer, I've done quite a bit of, uh, you know, I've worked quite a bit. So uh, tell me, tell me about the business and tell me what you do there. Oh, it's Fizz Burgers and Bottles. It's a it's a hamburger restaurant. We you know make all our patties. It's you know everything's made from scratch. It's really delicious. But um, I and we also sell bottled soda pop. It's, we have to go down to Oklahoma City to get it about every three weeks. But um, it's really good. The food's really good, and I enjoy working there. You know, usually I'm busting tables or working the dishwasher. I haven't learned to wipe tables yet, but I'm sure that's coming fairly soon. <laughs> you gotta gotta earn the value of that dollar learn learn yeah. what the value of that dollar is um so i mean do do people that come in like your regulars do are they aware that you're planning to run for the the governor some of them are some of the ones that you know we've become sort of friends with are and in tonight i had a bunch of people up there just before you called that's why i had to make it call so late i had about you know five or six or seven different people can't even remember the number of people that came up and asked me oh was it you or really nice job and you know Good luck, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of stuff. So I saw quite a few people tonight, and even before tonight, I've always, I've always had a couple of people come up to me. So, you yeah. know, it's, people know him for a while. There's uh, there's an interesting question that Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel, he's not a not a dog breeder. Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel, I'll get it out. Posed to you last night. Um, most of your contemporaries, including yourself, are not old enough to vote. So I mean, what's your strategy here in winning the votes of the uh, the, the youth? I guess you know those who can vote that are uh, older than you. You know, I think it's a lot of because my platform has proved to be fairly popular with younger people. You know, with Bernie Sanders, it's, my platform is fairly similar to his in some respects, and that platform has proved to be very popular. You know, and tied the fact that I'm very young, and I've had a lot of younger people on college, you know, from colleges or in other high schools even call me and be like, or text me and be like, "You're doing, you know, you're doing something really great here. You know, how can I help? Or, you know, would you like to do an interview for the school paper? I just got an email like that today. So I think, I think, you know, it's working. My idea that if someone young runs on a somewhat modern, on a modern platform, I believe that it can really energize the youth of Kansas and America. Good stuff. Uh, have you been met with with any criticism thus far? I know, like I said, it's early, but uh, any any detractors out there that you've encountered yet? I had one today from a. I'm not going to even say much about him. I just said someone young had <laughs> called and asked if I could meet him. He was actually at the restaurant, so I, I I agreed to drive up and meet him. He was a very nice kid, but he disagreed with me quite a bit on policy. He was, but he was very nice, and it was all respectful disagreements. So I just agreed to. Um, he wasn't really. I mean, it was very nice that it was disagreement on policy, but, you know, he, he was, you know, it was still a nice experience. I haven't had any major disagreement. I haven't had someone say, what you're doing is horrible. Stop right now. No, I have anything like that. <laughs> so overall, I've mostly had the 99% of everything I received is incredibly positive. It's going to be interesting because, you know, should you become the governor of Kansas, 
um, you know, most of your detractors are going to be adults. They're going to be people that that are old enough to be your parents. How do you how are you going to handle conflict with a different generation if it arises? You know, I will just handle it respectfully. You know, try to sit. You know, sit them down. You know, if they come into my office, I just sit down in my office. Or you know, if it's in a town hall meeting, I sit down in a town hall meeting and just I'll let them speak to me. And if they have a major disagreement, you know, I'll write them down. Write what they have to say down. I'll I'll you know I'll listen to their I'll listen to whatever they happen to say and you know try to work things out because I think that's the most important thing any elected official can do is listen to the voters and try to figure out what their voters truly want. Absolutely. Now you you've got a full head of thick dark hair. Are you prepared for uh, all the gray hairs and stress that this is going to bring on? Well, I'm already feeling a little bit of already. Not really, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's you know it's part of the job, and you just <laughs> and you just get used to it. You know, uh, I'll just call whoever makes Trump's hair dye. You know, I'll just get some of that, and he won't notice. You get you some get you some just for men. You'll be fine. Yeah, it'll work. So if you, um, you know, if you win governor, do you plan on continuing down a political path? I mean, you know, climbing the ladder, Senate president, what, what is your ultimate goal in regard to politics? Well, I mean, this, I mean, it would be great to win, but I have, there's a lot of steep stairs to climb, I'd say. So this election is, I'm fighting to win. I'm not saying I, it'd be great to win and in honor to serve, but for right now, my only my main goal is to get the younger generation involved in politics, interested in politics, interested in policy. And I think if that is done, you know, I might consider running process again in the future. Or if I do win, you know, I would, I, you know, after four or eight years, I would see what comes up. I would see what, what position the country's in. If, you know, people, if I was somewhat popular and successful, I would consider running for other office. But I'm not saying that is, is it my goal to be president? You know, not necessarily. I mean, if that was something public desired and it would work out, I would probably consider running. But, you know, it's not like, no, I'm doing this so I can run for president. No, that's not really my goal. So you're you're dipping your toes in the political water, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So, I mean, if you win, are you, are you worried that, you know, one day you're going to look back and feel like you missed out on, on some of you know, arguably the most crucial formative years of your life. I mean, if this goes well, you would probably, you know, miss things like prom, graduation. I don't know what your plans for college are if, if you were to become governor. I mean, does that worry you at all that you're going to miss out on your wonder years? No, not really. I mean, because if I lose, you know, if I lose, you know, the primary or the general, it would, yeah, I would just continue right on in high school and everything would just try to resume to normal at that point. But if I did win, I think, you know, serving the public and fighting for fighting, fighting for what is right would be so much of it. It would be such an honor and such a, and such a um, very important thing that I would have probably no regrets that I could even imagine. Do you have plans for, are you, are you eligible for prom? I don't remember if, if you had yeah, to be, I'm gonna uh, go to prom this year, just in case you it are. doesn't work next year. <laughs> so if you had, uh, you had a lot of ladies coming up to you, you know, trying to, trying to snag that date since you're, uh, you're a hot ticket item right now. You were on yeah, Kimmel I'm, last I'm night. Sure why why are the girls lining up for you? Oh, I'm sure when school starts, it might happen. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to brush you up. Test your knowledge here a little bit for your public appearances. We'll make sure you're you're looking sharp. So if you're okay with it, we're gonna we're gonna do a round of Kansas trivia. Are you good with that? I am ready. It's time to play Kansas Trivia. All right. 
Kansas trivia. Question one. What is the Kansas State nickname? The Sunflower State. Correct. Nice job. Good stuff. All right. Question number two. What is the largest city in Kansas? This this could be a trick question. Do you mean the largest? I'm going to say, okay, the largest city is Wichita. That is correct. Nice job. But I, but I was thinking we're you were going, going population to, there. Yeah, because Kansas City can that, that can be most people think that, and I was like, because with it's a huge metropolitan area in Kansas, but the city of Kansas isn't that big at all. The city of Kansas City of Kansas is not that big at all. All right, you good to go? You want some more? Yeah, give me some more. I'm ready. All right. After what or whom is the state named? The Kansas Indian Tribe. That is correct. Man, you're good. I had to Wikipedia all this stuff. You're, you're like a human Wikipedia. All right, question number four. This band shares a name with Kansas. The classic rock band, Kansas. Dang, I thought I was going to stump you up on that one. Nice stuff. That's good. That's a correct answer. All right. Question number five. Not all of them were impregnated by David Crosby, but many musicians were born in the state of Kansas, and this Grammy Award-winning woman certainly isn't the only one. Martina McBride? Oh, looking for Melissa Etheridge there. All right. I knew, I, I know um, Martina <laughs> McBride is from Medicine Lodge. So. That's right. Yeah, she is. Yeah. All right, so you're uh, you got you got four for five so far. Last question: Are you ready for this? Yep, I'm ready. Question number six: What is the official animal of the state of Kansas? The buffalo? No, it's the monolark. Is that the bird? What's your answer? The buffalo. Buffalo is correct. Nice chase. You always go with your gut. Yeah, because last night Jimmy Kimmel asked me the birds, so I was thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, it's been really great talking with you, and I, I really appreciate your time, and I hope you're successful in the race. And uh, if you'd like to, we'll check back with you down the road, because I'd like to as the uh, election draws closer. And if folks would like to follow your campaign, um, how can they do that? Social media, website, that kind of thing. If you want to check on our website, the campaign website is votejack 2018 dot yolasite y-o-l-a-s-i-t-e dot com also you can find us on facebook just look up jack Ferguson and you, you should find my page fairly quickly also i'm on instagram for the campaign at berkey 2018 b-e-r-g-e 2018 on instagram for the campaign there you go. All right. Well, uh, we'll send folks your way. And like I said, we'll check in with you down the line as the election draws closer. Best of luck to you. It's been a, a true pleasure. Jack Bergeson, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Bo. The Bo Cephas Broadcast. Gold Peak starts with ingredients like delicious mountain grown tea pure filtered water and just the right balance of sweetness it's a perfectly crafted home-brewed taste that always makes you feel right at home gold peak the taste that brings you home we now return to 
I believe that is about going to do it for episode 30 of the Bo Cephas broadcast. Thank you for joining me this week. Big thanks going out to Jack Bergeson, who is running for governor of Kansas. If you live in Kansas and you're listening, go out and vote for Jack in the primary so that he can make his way on the final ballot and hopefully become governor of Kansas, because that is one that belongs in the history books, ladies and gentlemen. And like I said, we'll check in with Jack uh, a little bit closer to the, uh, the the primary and see how things are going for him. I'm pulling for the kid. Like I said, he's got a more level head than I did at 16 years old. Hey, just want to remind you, if you're listening on iTunes, take a moment to uh, leave some feedback on there. Leave a review, make it a five-star rating, or make it a one-star. I guess I don't really care. As long as you're leaving feedback, that's all that matters. And leave feedback wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it's Spreaker, whether it's TuneIn, iHeart, anywhere you listen. Take a couple seconds to rate the show and leave some feedback because that helps out immensely. It helps the show grow. And it gets me one step closer to that nice mansion on the outskirts of Quincy with a uh, basement studio specifically dedicated to doing things like this. Follow along on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash broadcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at BoBCraft and uh, on Instagram at the same handle if you care to do that as well. If you've got questions, comments, concerns, hate mail, anything of that nature, shoot me an email over at bocephusbroadcast at gmail.com. I will be sure to respond in kind with drunken nude photos of David Hasselhoff blasting a cheeseburger. Also, thanks once again to our sponsor, Smirks. If you want the best t-shirts on the entire internet, visit smirks.net. That's S-M-Y-R-X dot net. If you want Ron Jeremy shirts, they got them. If you want shirts that feature Vigo the Carpathian from Ghostbusters 2, they got them. All you have to do is hop on over to smirks.net. That's S-M-Y-R-X dot net. And say big when you use the code PCEU at checkout. 15% off your order simply by using the code PCEU. Big thanks once again to our sponsor, smirks.net. That's S-M-Y-R-X dot net. Don't forget next week, episode 31. This is one that I am very, very excited about. And I know I say that about like every episode, but you know, I'm living the dream here. This is all really fun for me. But this uh, was a huge one for me. This was a huge get. J.D. Riznar. Why does that name sound familiar? Well, you may have seen him on Drunk History. But moreover, he is the founding father, the creator of the yacht rock genre, which has become a uh, very important, significant, pivotal part of my life in my late 20s. But it was super cool to chat with JD over the weekend, and uh, you're going to learn how Yacht Rock was created. You're going to learn about the series. You're going to learn why the Sirius XM Yacht Rock station is technically Yacht Rock, or at least probably an 80-20 split of Yacht and Yacht Rock. But anyway, a lot of questions are going to be answered, and uh, it's a lot of fun, so I hope you tune in and check it out next week, episode 31, with JD Riznar, the creator of Yacht Rock. Aside from that, I got stuff to do, people, so I got a jet. Uh, Enjoy your week, and I might be checking in from the road in Nebraska this coming weekend, so I don't know. Keep an eye on our Facebook page and our Twitter as well. All right? Other than that, that's it. We're out of here. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the Bo Cephas Broadcast. What you just heard was a podcast in the Poop Culture Extended Universe. For more great podcasts, make your way to www.poopculture.com.